This show is sponsored by Paris Green, a curated collection of incredible objects from around the world. Paris is always a good idea. 77 Oak Street, Ashland, Oregon. Visit them online at Facebook. I have to tell you, it's been fabulous in the store lately. Spring is coming, and the colors are popping all over town. People are walking around, and just the sound of the door opening, and lovelies coming in to look at all the new beautiful items here at Paris Green. I can't believe how many new things come in every week. We sold so many beautiful things today. I sold some lovely gloves, and I sold a big fluffy purse, and I sold soap, and I sold, what else did I sell today? Oh, the little beautiful jewel box from Germany. So pretty, I, I wanted one for myself. Only $12. I couldn't believe how economically priced it was. So come in and have a cappuccino and maybe a cookie. Okay, see you soon. I am Citizen 44. Because of this thing that's been going on about my face. Yeah. You know, pretty much I think like, well, we did the test and that's all there is to it. We don't know what it is, you know. And I think to myself, you need a detective. But if you can't do it, then you research somebody else who might be able to figure something out. You don't say, well, I took the CT scans, we took this, we did biopsy, you don't have cancer. Well, that's the thank God. I'm not complaining. But let's find out why I am the way I am, because it's really driving me crazy. Everybody, Mark Ahrensberg here. Welcome to Citizen 44, show number 35. Wow, 35, that is so cool. Today's guest is Dr. Thaddeus Gala, G-A-L-A. Super cool dude and a medical dude who cares about administering reasonable health care to human beings. So what if Jesus was like this awesome magician? And that's all it was. Like he was this Jewish cat who like had smoking magic skills, water into wine, snakes into staff. A good magician can make a lot of that stuff happen. So was Jesus an ass kicking magician? How much did people know about magic? He's not the only guy to walk on water. Google it. A lot of people can walk on water. I mean, it's a skill but he didn't quarter the market on it. So look what we have been pulled over our eyes by magicians for years. We see buildings disappear, all kinds of insane things. What if he was like the only magician of the day? He just maybe had some gifts, some skills that he was able to monopolize and leverage and use as tools to convince people. What about people hallucinating that had maybe taken certain things that have been around for the thousands of years that we've been here and seen certain things. These are just things that have occurred to me lately. Jesus was a magician. Okay, you too. Good morning, Dr. Gala. Good morning. It's great to be here. Great to have you here. I'm glad that you agreed to do this. Healthcare. 
clearly that's the topic of conversation these days, isn't it? It is. It's a scary one, especially when you look at life expectancies dropped for the last two years in a row and health insurance rates are going up. So when you look at that spread over time, that's not a good trajectory. I think there is a bubble coming. I really do. And I've been saying this for a while now. Just a couple key points of why I believe that's the case. We're not only getting more overweight and more obese, that's the obvious tangible one, but we also know that the rate of chronic diseases is increasing, like diabetes, Alzheimer's, all these things. And health insurance costs are going up and taxes are going up. So with those two diverging rays, right, you have a downward linear graph line for life expectancy, and then you have an upward trend for health insurance costs. So plot those two on a graph together. It's a compounding effect. You throw on top of that, pharmaceutical companies are pushing to have insurance cover medications at a lower age. That's like throwing gasoline on the fire for the whole thing. And the fact that according to the ADA, the American Diabetes Association, about 25% of healthcare costs goes just to diabetes. So just think about that. And we know that there's a, a wave, an onslaught of people that are diabetic. And what we're seeing right now, I really believe is the tip of the iceberg. And that's why I say there is a bubble coming and there is a correction coming in healthcare. Think of like the 2008 recession with the housing market. People that were upside down on their houses, they lost their houses. And then there's a lot of people that made smart moves in times of crisis and recession. That's where the most fortunes are lost and the most fortunes are made. So you have to think that with that, it's going to be a mess and it's coming because you cannot raise taxes infinitely. No one would sit here and argue and say that in order to save a human life that we should spend an infinite amount of money. There's a finite point where people say, okay, we've spent enough money. And what I mean by that is if someone's in the ICU and we say, gosh, we can save this person, they don't spend a million dollars putting a word out to find the very best surgeon in the entire world to save this 40-year-old girl that has a brain tumor. We don't spend resources that way. So we already have agreed as a society that there's a finite dollar cap on what we're willing to spend for a life, either consciously or unconsciously. Now take that to the next degree. You can't raise taxes infinitely and we can't have 100% of our GDP going towards in-stage care or healthcare. If you believe in singularity, like with Ray Kurzweil, and you think in the next 30 years, we're going to hit singularity, I don't know, maybe Moore's law will come into effect and we'll be able to take that over. People may have this false sense of, oh, things are okay, and it may prop things up for a while, but still, you need to find a functional medicine provider. If you want to stay out of this tsunami that's coming, you and your family want to be okay, you have to do this and you have to do it now. There's a term out there called functional medicine, and a lot of people are hearing more about this, and there's still a lot of people that don't know what functional medicine is. Functional medicine is the branch of medicine that focuses on the root cause of a health issue, not the symptoms. When I say that out loud, it sounds silly that we had to come up with a separate branch of medicine that focuses on the root cause. Shouldn't that be all medicine? I think what happened is the intent of medicine was steeped in Hippocrates and first do no harm and the idea of food is medicine. When we started coming up with natural solutions, whether it's herbs or, or tonics or things like that, 100 plus years ago, people that were really smart um, business-wise said, okay, let's find out what the active ingredients are in these natural substances. Let's just use aspirin, for instance. Aspirin is a derivative from white willow bark. What we found is that Native Americans, they would chew on white willow bark and it would be an analgesic and it would reduce pain. So what people said was, okay, well, let's find out what the active ingredient is. And the active ingredient in aspirin is, is called a COX inhibitor, a COX inhibitor. And what they found is if we take that compound and we distill it down to a very concentrated form and put it in a pill, we can give it to people and it'll magnify the effects. Well, what happens is aspirin has been around since the 70s, and we kind of more understand what it actually does now. What we find is that mindset of 
if you have one problem, you need one pill to fix it, has now been amplified and magnified with marketing strategies, big pharma, etc., to where now we have this indoctrination that we believe that our bodies are born under-medicated and with too many body parts. And that's the approach of traditional medicine. If we can't cut it or we can't give it a pill, then there's nothing we can do. Or if we don't see it, I mean, if it's intangible. So the problem is that we've strayed so far. And this kind of came around from two things. I would say one is when chemistry really started taking off and you could manufacture things in a lab and you could distill down what the finite ingredients were or the active compounds, and you could put that in a concentrated pill form and the advent of antibiotics. So that was really easy. It was, okay, you have this infection on your leg or your arm and let's give you antibiotics and it goes away. We see this and we think, oh my gosh, well, isn't there a pill for everything now? So now we think if you have heart disease, you take a pill. If you have high blood pressure, you take a pill. If you have diabetes, you take a pill. So now what we have is what's called conventional wisdom. And that is because everyone's doing it, it must be okay. And I'm of the mindset of as soon as you find yourself on the side of the majority, that's when you need to take a real hard look at what you're doing because typically, and I don't mean this to be condescending, but typically most people are wrong about most things most of the time. And it's not a lack of information. It's a lack of implementation and interpretation. And what I mean by that is the information is out there. It's buried and it's convoluted and it's a mess. I agree. You go on the internet and you find, let's just use paleo for example. You could say, oh, you should do a paleo diet. That's healthy. I would argue no, just simply from the fact that if you look what paleo is defined at on one website versus what's paleo defined at on another website, it's completely different. I'm actually friends with the founder of the paleo movement, Dr. Lauren Corden at Colorado State. Actually, the luxury and pleasure of talking with him and uncovering his research, gosh, more than a decade ago. And where he started with the research was steeped in a very specific chemical scientific approach. But where it is today, it's been marketed by online quote unquote experts that don't have any maybe health background. I'm not saying that you have to be an expert. There's a lot of self-taught experts, but what happens is this space gets very muddled. So there's a lot of different interpretations. To that effect, here you have big pharma saying, take these drugs. I mean, just like aspirin, everyone's been told that you should take an aspirin a day for your heart. But very few people realize that the FDA reversed that position and said, we no longer recommend people to take an aspirin a day for their heart. In fact, and this is that quote, right from the FDA Consumer Reports, we have found that there's significant risks. Even a baby aspirin can lead to bleeding issues, stroke, and death. And so the FDA in 2014 reversed the position and they no longer recommend people taking an aspirin as a primary form of prevention. So what happens is everyone is still stuck with that mindset of taking aspirin a day. And that's the problem is physicians today are firefighters. And I know there's a lot of doctors that have great hearts, but they're firefighters, meaning that someone comes in and they've let themselves get so sick. Doctors are supposed to have the best interest for the patient, but it's a quandary. Think of this. 70.7% of America of adults over 20 are either overweight or obese. And I could go on and on with the statistics, but you have people that are coming in that are sick and they come in with four or five complaints. Let's just use the example of, you know, now we're at, I think at one in 10 people is, is diabetic versus gosh, in the sixties, I think it was one in a hundred. So you can have someone that comes in and there's, yeah, I think there's even about another 20 million more that have prediabetes or diabetes that don't even know they have it. So you have someone that comes in and they've waited so long that maybe they're 30 pounds overweight. They have high blood pressure. Their, their blood sugar's up. They have knee pain. They have back pain. They have radiating pain in their arm. They have migraines and their labs are out of whack. Well, you go in and how long do you have with your doctor? Maybe 10, 15 minutes. How are you supposed to tackle that? If you were trying to teach a 15-year-old how to drive a car, would you just give them 15 minutes every six months? We teach teenagers how to drive cars better than we teach the general public how to take care of their health. So there's this huge gap. And the reason that providers do that is 
Number one, there's a lot of sick people, so they have busy schedules. Number two, insurance is not designed for prevention. I was asked to, to come to a conference in LA, and I was speaking to a group of pharmaceutical reps, insurance agents, and medical device providers. After I got off stage, there was another gentleman that spoke, and he was an insurance claims adjuster, and he went on to say, and I have actually recorded on my phone because he repeated it again. It was so powerful. He said, insurance was never designed to account for the predictable. Insurance is only designed to account for the unforeseen. So he said, if you're 30 pounds overweight and you come in and you have high blood pressure, is that really unforeseen? So he says that what happened is it's almost like Geico or State Farm paying for new tires on your car. Well, you know that if you drive your car, you're going to need new tires. Now we think insurance should bleed over to the maintenance program. And so you have doctors that are overstressed, overtaxed, they're getting burnt out. And we know that there's not enough primary care providers to account for just all the general stuff. We know that a lot of doctors go into specialty care because there's more money in it, but specialty care isn't prevention. Specialty care is, oh, you have heart disease? Come and I'll give you a heart transplant or surgery. Oh, you have cancer? Come see me. It's very niche specific. It's not how do we fix the whole person. So you have doctors that are burnt out that aren't focused on the root cause. Doctors don't have enough time. They only have 10 to 15 minutes. And insurance is only paying for more emergency care. They're not paying for wellness education. So you have 15 minutes every three to six months to try to reverse some complex health issues. I mean, the system is bound to fail. That's why the sooner that people can stop subscribing to traditional medicine and the traditional model and get out of this, I take one pill and it fixes one thing's mantra, the better people will be. And that's why I encourage people to find out and to seek out a functional medicine provider with the mindset of what health is. And I did a video on this on my Facebook the other day. You can go to Dr. Thaddeus Gallon. It's how to cut your insurance costs by 50% starting as early as today. And I go through and there's five bullet points of things people can do right now to cut their insurance rate by, gosh, 50 plus percent starting right now. Just call up and say, do you practice functional medicine? What are your recommendations before you ever even recommend a medication? What kind of interventions do you do? How much time do you spend with your patients? What kind of informational materials do you offer? What do you have in the way of health coaches or health coaching? Because that's what it's going to take. Most people can tell you more about basic geometry than they can tell you about basic nutrition. The problem is that the majority of people don't get the education or the knowledge that they need in school or anywhere, and they follow it from cradle to grave. Ask someone just a basic question about nutrition, and most people are completely unable to answer. Just for the people listening, just put this in perspective. Why are grains and dairy products healthy for us? Most people can't tell you why dairy is really healthy for you. Most people are going to say vitamin D, calcium, maybe protein. So here's the thing. Even though we have the highest calcium consumption, we have one of the highest rates of osteoporosis. Vitamin D is added to milk. It's actually fortified. It's not even naturally occurring. The protein in milk is actually very problematic. There's lactose in milk that is very problematic for humans. And there's other hormones that we now know in milk and dairy that's not destroyed by heating, cooking, digestion, pasteurization that actually can enter into the human bloodstream. So if you just ask people basic questions as to why these foods are healthy for us, they can't tell you. If you ask people, why are grains healthy for us? People say, oh, well, vitamins and fiber. Have you ever seen on a loaf of bread or a box of crackers where it says enriched wheat flour? What that means is they added a vitamin to it. The other thing is fiber. Grains don't hold a candle to vegetables when it comes to fiber on a per calorie basis. And we as a nation, 70% overweight and obese, we need less calories. Anytime there's a mindset out there, I think of a bell curve. On the front end, you know, you have the pioneers. And then behind them, you know, you have the early adopters and then you have the early majority, then you have the majority, then you have the late majority, late adopters, and then you have the laggards. 
when you look at that, just like any social movement, you have the people on either end of the bell curve, either the laggards or the pioneers shifting the society as a whole. And that's how conventional wisdom shifts. So once you get to, I believe it's 10% passionate people with an idea, that 10% will then cause a flip. 75% of doctor's visits end with a medication being issued. And the other 25%, I'm willing to bet a large percentage of that is basically the provider saying, come back next time because I want to look at your labs before I prescribe you a medication. So I'm willing to bet it's actually even higher than that. And we know there's some research to suggest that upwards of 65% of people over age 60 are inappropriately medicated because all the other providers are doing it. It's considered standard of care. You have to remember, gosh, I think it was in the 40s and 50s, there was advertisements showing doctors smoking. Are doctors typically considered smart? Yeah. Are doctors sometimes wrong? Yes. Do we learn new things every year? Yes. And that's where I go back to, you need someone that can interpret and help implement. If a person is calling up their provider, they want to find a provider, make sure that they're on the right track. Number one is when you call, ask, is your doctor a functional medicine provider? And if the front desk doesn't even know what that is, or they bop, right there, you already know your answer. The front desk or the doctor needs to be able to say, yes, I'm a functional medicine provider. Because if they're not, they're going to be treating symptoms They're just going to have a crust of education or knowledge on really focus on the root cause and or their practice won't be set up for that. And then I would go on to the next question. What do you do first in terms of lifestyle intervention before prescribing medications? If you were to call one of our clinics, we have multiple health coaches that work in tandem with the provider. So the provider will come in and kind of play quarterback from a 30,000 foot view and then work in tandem with a health coach to say, okay, I want you to sit with this person and I want you to go over X, Y, and Z, teach them how to do this, this, and this. I want you to teach them how to use this spice, this herb, this food, do this calorie matching with them. I want you to look at this detox. I want you to do this X, Y, Z. A lot of that stuff, once they get built out of plan, it's, it's then implementing. Everyone knows that we should exercise, but how many people implement a regular daily exercise routine? Just knowing doesn't mean that you're going to do it. So find a doctor and a provider that is trained in this, and they can be your primary in that sense if, if they're set up for it. I would probably say 80 to 90% of health issues would go away if we focus on the root cause. So I think, I mean, you still need hospitals for someone falls off a cliff, all those things. I think it's upwards of 80% of our healthcare costs goes to in-stage care that's directly related to lifestyle behavior. If you're over 40 or 50 and you're going to the doctor and you look at your insurance statements and you see that insurance is paying more than what your premium is, then you know that your kids and your grandkids are subsidizing your health care. Think about when you were in your 20s, health insurance monthly rates versus where they are for 20-year-olds today. I did a poll on Facebook. I just said, how much do you pay for insurance? And it was anywhere from $1,000 to $2,000. When someone has a heart attack at age you know, 50 or 60, that's fifty dollars to $100,000. I was talking to a provider the other day that works with obstetrics, and she was saying that they work more for C-section than they do natural births because it's faster and they get paid more. If the doctors are on a collection-based payment model, which a lot of doctors are, if they do C-sections, it goes a lot faster than a natural birth. They can get more people in and out. They can bill the insurance more for it. I think there's a lot of people that really care, but there's a lot of people that are really stuck Because I have people that come to me at conferences asking for work or for help or just talking to them and they come up and they say, boy, you know, Dr. Gala, I love what you're about, what you're doing in your clinics. And what they'll say is, gosh, I just feel stuck. And if 80% of doctors are doing this and that's considered standard of care and you're in the 20% minority, 
that thinks like, oh, there's got to be a better way to do this. But let's say you're fresh out of school and you come in and all these older docs that have the, you know, just like any industry, there's a pecking order. And if a young doc comes in and they think I'm full of piss and vinegar and I'm going to change the world. And these old docs are like, "Um, excuse me, I have a lot of clinical experience. Yeah, I've been out of school for 20 years. Yeah, you know, young whippersnapper with all your book smarts, who you think you are. And what happens is just by edification, those older docs are able to blunt change in policy. And that's why I would say when you call up your provider, ask them, is your provider a functional medicine provider? And if not, do a search and find a local functional medicine provider. We we have clients in our clinic that, gosh, anywhere from Canada to a client I'm working with in Australia right now. So we have people all over the world that seek us out. Even though our four clinics are located in Southern Oregon, people find us all over the world and some travel, some don't. Really, it comes down to the individual. If you want to get healthy, if you want to be your goal weight, if you want to get off medications, If you want to have quality years with your friends, family, make more memories with your kids and reduce your insurance rates, find a functional medicine provider because everything else will fall into place once you do that. People need to take 100% responsibility for everything they do 100% of the time. In the words, I believe, of Tony Robbins, it's, we don't lack resources, we lack resourcefulness. People need to be aware that there's answers out there. They need to be resourceful in finding it, like listening to shows like this. Keep looking for answers. At the end of the day, the onus is on the individual. When my mom was sick, gosh, I remember when I was a kid, I was remodeling the kitchen to get ready for her wheelchair. And she went to doctor after doctor. I think she went to five different doctors, even some of the best neurologists that are actually still in practice now or that were supposedly the best neurologists. And all the doctors said, sorry, we don't know what's wrong. Whatever you have, it's progressive. You're going to be spending the rest of your life in a wheelchair. Have a nice life. And I was about 10 at the time. And I said, okay, well, this sucks. I don't have a mom anymore. So that's why I've been on this career path ever since to help people naturally reverse chronic disease, whether it's Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, fibromyalgia, diabetes, lupus, whatever the case may be. I work to help people reverse chronic disease so they can reduce or eliminate medications. And it's oftentimes one to eight months. I think there's two ways to make a a social change. One is either you can try to legislate it, which I don't think works, or you educate, you teach, and then once you get to the tipping point, no army can stop an idea whose time has come. And so I'm a big fan of the free market idea and people being out there and people being able to choose what they want and experience the outcome of that. But here's the tipping point. You can go to your son all day long and tell him, don't drink this, it's not healthy. He doesn't care because he sees other people doing it and the cause and effect is very delayed. But just like smoking, how long did it take before we all made that movement? It wasn't because it was legislated. It was because we as a whole finally said, okay, enough's enough. There's lung cancer. We don't want to have this. Just like Martin Luther King with the civil rights movement, it wasn't legislation that changed the nation. It was the movement that then resulted in legislation. It was the people that said, we have an idea and we want to make a change. And then legislators just changed the laws to match the culture at the time. In the words of Gandhi, it's be the change that you want to see in the world. I ask people this when they come to my workshops, like for instance, I'm going to be speaking this weekend to probably a hundred people. And a question that I ask people is right now, if you were to look in the mirror or if you were to talk to your kid or your grandkid, would they look at you and say, boy, you are exactly where I want to be with my health when I'm your age. So I ask people that are listening right now, do you exercise regularly? Are you your goal weight? Are you eating the right servings of vegetables? Do you take your daily supplements? Do you have low stress in your life? Do you surround yourself with people that love you? So all of these things that we know are healthy, I would ask parents and grandparents, are you doing that? Because your kids and grandkids are going to look to you as the role models. People have to want to hear. I mean, how many times have you tried to talk to your kid about something and they just say, great, whatever, dad, and it's white noise to them. This is one of the easiest paths to get the message over. 
Perfect case example. I had, had a, a, a client that was graduating from one of our coaching programs a couple of weeks ago. And they came in and they said, our doctor says that I no longer have Alzheimer's. That's a pretty great statement. I said, well, great. How has that changed your life? And he goes on to tell me, well, my kids and grandkids now see what I'm doing. They see what I'm eating. They see the differences. They're now asking me, they're saying, boy, you know, grandpa, I, I see that you're a lot more mentally clear. It's kind of like when the student's ready, the teacher will appear. I like to go to the point of helping people reverse a chronic disease because now people are listening. Now they sit up straight in their chair and they say, okay, so my dad has Alzheimer's, my grandfather has Alzheimer's, and he's had Alzheimer's for five years. I get a call from the doctor and they say, so Dr. Yellow, what are you doing? How can I refer you patients? Now we get a call from the family. This is wonderful. Can you tell us more? Our kids and grandkids now are happy to see you know, their granddad again. So what happens is now those kids have now seen that and now they're the next passionate following. In any industry, I think there's people that genuinely do care. And I think what happens is the dollars do get involved. And I think if you look a lot of the revolving doors in terms of people that are in governmental positions, they have close ties or they've been to or they've been in and out of other industries, whether it's big farm or other areas. And I think that's part of the problem. Keeping in mind that the FDA, the same organization that approves a medication is also the same organization that takes it off. Here's the thing with aspirin, it's been around for years, but what happens is there's so many times when a medication comes out and you look at the mechanism of action, oftentimes the research will say the mechanism of action is not fully understood. That is the majority of medications. And what happens is just like cigarettes, if you smoke a cigarette today, you're not going to get lung cancer tomorrow. I mean, you need to smoke packs for years before you get lung cancer. So the cause and effect is so far delayed. Think about how long it took for cigarettes to really get the warnings that now say smoking cause lung cancer. Every medication is on that same trajectory. I'm going to say this again. Every medication has the same trajectory. It's just a matter of time. Just like aspirin, every medication follows that same bell curve. And if you take these drugs long enough, it's not a, you take an aspirin today, you have a stroke tomorrow. It's, yeah, you take an aspirin for a few years and your risk of stroke goes up. If you want drugs or surgery, don't come to me. I've never prescribed a medication in my life and I've helped thousands. And I think our clinics see about 4,000 people a month. And, and online with some of our other health programs. It's now over tens of thousands now. I think there's two worlds out there. And the sooner that people realize there's two worlds that we're operating in, the, the faster I think that they'll be happy, they'll be much more centered, they'll find the, the answers that they're looking for. And you just have to realize that there's two worlds out there. And if you operate in that second world and you realize that that's the real world, life will be so much better. I believe as long as you're not infringing on someone else, then people should be allowed to do what they want and experience the outcomes of that, both good and bad. The thing that frustrates me and gets me upset is when people are lied to from the sense of they're not given the options. And I think the thing that I hear that, that I think is so sad is when a patient goes into the doctor and let's say the patient may say, well, is there anything that can be done for my diabetes or for my heart disease or for my, my Alzheimer's? And the doctor says, well, you know, we'll give you some medications and there's nothing else that we can do. And they use the word we as though they're speaking on behalf of the 7 billion people on the planet. And what happens is the patient hears that as though it's coming down and written on stone tablets, and they take that to be the answer for all of civilization. Well, my doctor said there's nothing that can be done. If a doctor says there's nothing that we can do, or there's nothing that they can do, or nothing that can be done, you need to keep being resourceful until you find the answers that you want, and you get the outcome that you want. And let me say this. I had a patient come in. This is great. They said, so Dr. Gala, you know, I've been to three different surgeons, and they all recommend surgery. What I say is, if you want a second, third, or fourth opinion, maybe, yes, you do get an opinion from the surgeon. And then you get an opinion from a functional medicine provider. And then you get an opinion from maybe a chiropractor. And then maybe from a naturopath. I mean, you can get two opinions from two different surgeons, but you also need to get opinions from outside 
just the other day, I had a gal, I was talking to her, I said, so how are you doing overall? She's like, oh my gosh, I'm, you know, I'm so much better. My medications are down, my blood pressure is normalized, and I have more energy. I said, great. Well, I said, well, I know when you and I first met, your knee pain was a big goal of yours. She's not local. We were working with her through telemedicine. So we were doing everything just with lifestyle education. And I said, well, how's your knee pain? She's like, oh, I'm glad that you brought that up because you know, I was going in for knee surgery. I said, yeah. She said, yeah, well, my doctor said that my knees were bone on bone and they had to do a full knee replacement. I said, right. Yeah. How's that doing? She said, well, not only is my knee pain better, but it's 90% better to where now not only am I able to walk because before she had difficulty walking, but now she said, now I'm actually able to jog and my pain is to the point of where I don't see a need to have knee replacement surgery. I can't tell you how many cases I've had of people that came in bone on bone. And I did a video on this the other day and I showed the x-rays saying, look, this is bone on bone. I would agree with this. You can see where the bones are sclerotic and the bone is starting to build up bone callus. But here's the thing. When we got to the root cause of what was causing that degradation in the first place and got her inflammation down, her subclinical inflammation, there's different tests for that. Now, this is her self-reported. I asked her, I said, what percentage are you better? She's like 90 plus percent better. Some days I don't even have it. I get up out of bed. I'm able to stand up. I don't have the cranks in my knees. I'm able to walk up and down stairs. She said, I was about ready to go into the knife and now I don't even think I'll ever need it. Looking at key things in her life that were out of balance and getting them back into balance. Nutrition, supplements, meditation. People say, oh, but Dr. Gala, I exercise. Well, you can't out-exercise a bad diet. Well, people say, oh, well, I take supplements. You can't out-supplement a Big Mac and a Coke every day. You can't out-supplement stress. There's a lot of supplements that are very powerful and I take on a daily basis. There's 12 things that we typically look at when someone comes in that we evaluate from a functional medicine perspective. Some people are good in some areas. Some people aren't good in other areas. So we go through and evaluate what areas are they lacking and how do we bring that back into balance? It's really that simple. It doesn't have to be overwhelming to the individual. Start with the things that are simple and that are easy. Start with the things that you know are going to have a big impact. We have maybe 12 different categories that we work on, but when someone comes in, I only maybe work on two or three because small hinges move big doors. What are the smallest things that we can do that's going to have the least amount of disruption in your life, that's going to have the biggest impact, that's the easiest for you to implement, that you can start right now so you can see results tomorrow? And people are amazed when I say, yeah, you're going to probably start seeing results in the next 24 to 48 hours. We had a gal just the other day and I said, so how's your Parkinson? She's like, well, you know, Dr. Gal, when I first met you, my right arm wouldn't swing and my right leg would drag. And when I'd get up in the morning, I'd have to swing my leg around out of bed and I'd hit my leg on corners. Like when I'd walk around a bed or a, a table or a chair, I'd, since I've been working with you, my speech is better with Parkinson's. A lot of times there's speech issues. My arm actually moves. It swings now normally when I walk and my leg doesn't drag anymore. My sister is absolutely blown away. And I only wish I'd found, you know, years ago. You have someone with Parkinson's, one of the most complex neurodegenerative issues out there. And we're able to help people reverse it in a matter of, oftentimes in a matter of weeks or months and drastically change the trajectory. The traditional treatment of Parkinson's with dopamine or L-DOPA or Cinemet or, or those kind of medications hasn't changed in 50 years. The first laptop I bought was a Mac and that was in 1999 and that had four gigs of storage. My phone now has 128 gigs. So the point I'm getting at is that's just been in the last 20 years. But the medical profession is still treating Parkinson's with the same mindset that they have for over 50 years. And 25 years ago, a paper came out a few years after L-DOPA was used to treat Parkinson's. It became well known that said that it was only treating symptoms and it wasn't treating the cause. And in fact, it actually led to a worsening of the condition. So people that have Parkinson's that take Cinemet or take L-DOPA or take these medications, there's research that's over 24 years old that actually shows that taking that medication accelerates the condition. 
It's madness. It's complete madness. Be the change you want to see in the world. I think leading by example, like this gal that reversed her Parkinson's. How would you feel about sharing your story to help with humanity? People will say, yeah, that's great. So then we'll send out our videographer. We'll send out our team. They'll interview them. They'll do a study on them and they'll, they'll do a human interest story. If you go to our website, completecare.net, or they go to drthadgala.com. So it's D-R-T-H-A-D-G-A-L-A.com or just you know Google my name, Thaddeus Gala. So we have four practices in Southern Oregon. First started in Shady Cove, Oregon. I still remember my first day in practice with a great doc out there, Bob Bennett, who's just an absolutely amazing, not only human and individual, but he was a great mentor. He ran a really lean clinic, which was great. I remember I vacuumed the floors, washed the windows, called patients back, scheduled them, licked envelope, answered phones, filed files, cleaned the rooms. We did everything ourselves. First day in practice, I had three people on my schedule. I had three patients, and one of them was my mom. When I first got into practice, it's not something I'm proud of, but I failed because I would try to teach every person that came in about functional medicine and what to do. And I realized that a lot of people, they didn't hear it, or I wasn't delivering it in a way. And we had about a 20% success rate when I first started the practice. And it was horrible. And I started to get a bad rap. It wasn't until we started adding more help and support and implementation and coaching. Now our success rate is probably, gosh, I think 80, 90%. And by success rate, what I mean is when someone sits down, we say, okay, what are your goals? Because by 80 to 90% success rate, that's individualized. So a 20-year-old that comes in that wants to have a faster marathon time, we're going to have a different set of goals with them versus someone that's 70 and has Parkinson's and they just want to be able to button their shirt again. So you know, we measure success on an individual basis, but when the people graduate, we say, did you not meet? Did you meet or did you exceed your goals? And typically we're around 80 to 90% say that they've met or they've exceeded their goal. So then we give them lifetime support. So when people go through one of our programs, what we do is we have essentially coaches on call a couple times a week where we do lessons. They can call in, they can create a group, they can create a tribe, they can ask questions, they can learn, they can be plugged in. Our goal is to help people get healthy and then provide them the resources so they have no excuse to not stay healthy. But it's kind of like we can open the door for them, but they have to walk through. We make it very easy for people to get healthy. And again, that goes back to you can't save someone that doesn't want to be saved. You can throw life preserver after life preserver, but if they don't care and they don't take the life preserver, you say, okay, I'm going to throw this life preserver how many times before you don't grab it versus 10 people over here that I know that I can save. You know, it's also conservation of energy of where do we focus our time and energy. And that's why when people come in, we do a, a vetting process of saying, okay, you know, are you willing to do X, Y, and Z? Where's your level of motivation? So we have a screening process to make sure it's the right fit. And I think that's why we get the success rate we do is because we're only working with the people that are legitimately ready and willing and able to make changes. And I know like, for instance, tomorrow, I'll probably be speaking, like I said, about to about a hundred people at, uh, at this workshop in this class. And I know that there's people there that'll hear the message and the light bulb will go on. And there's other people that will be there and they may get close to that edge, but the light bulb just quite won't go off. And then they'll leave and they'll drift right back into old habits. But from now on, you can't unplant that seed. That seed's been planted. We have a gal, she's got, she's in her 80s, lovely lady, Joyce. And she came to one of our workshops and she heard me speak, but she just wasn't quite ready. And then she circled back about a year later and said, okay, I'm ready. Because she was tired of the neuropathy in her feet. She was tired of the pain, her low energy, et cetera. And finally said, okay, I'm ready to make a change. So for her, it took her a year. Now, of course, her biggest thing was, I wish you know I would have taken action a year ago. She was there then. It was the time it was right. So I would say, don't beat yourself up. Everyone's on their own journey, but be resourceful, be ready and know that if you want something different in life, whatever you want in life, there's a way to get it. If you're willing to put in the time, the energy to be resourceful, the resources are there. I don't think I finished the story just with my mom. The doctors told her she'd be in a wheelchair the rest of her life. Fast forward now, my mom is in her early seventies. 
She just started running 5K races a couple years ago. Now she wins them in her age group. She's on zero medications. She's in 100% remission. She's our lead health coach, meaning she teaches our health coaches how to health coach. And she has to find younger and younger friends every year to keep up with her because her labs, her colonoscopy, her dental reports come back better every year. And we have the labs and we have the studies and the reports to show that she's healthier than she was in her 40s. She had a form of fibromyalgia, neuritis, inflammatory arthritis, and a few other health issues. Vote with your dollar. If you find a functional medicine provider, those providers will get busier and busier. They talk to their friends and they say, wow, you're actually reversing Alzheimer's or diabetes or whatever the case is. That's really cool. I want to do that. And now they're doing it. And now they're talking to friends. And now they're the next passionate following. The tagline I always use is making the rest of your years the best of your years. And if you want to make the rest of your years the best of your years, be resourceful in finding the right playmate and the right playground to be in that's going to help you achieve your goals. Surround yourself with the people that will make it easy for you to win, whether it's a provider, whether it's friends, family, whatever it is, surround yourself with the resources to help you achieve your goals. So that way you can make the rest of your years the best of your years. Well, I certainly don't think it can be put any better than that. More succinct, more reasonable, more doable, more intelligent. And not only have you reversed disease, you've actually reversed aging. Like you said, there's a shift happening. We will get on board eventually. And I'm on board, man. I'm on board with all that. So thanks for coming in, man. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you. That was fun. Well, that's the show. Hope you enjoyed it. It was great to have Dr. Gala on. He's a very insightful man. He's got a lot of good data, good insight into this uh, functional medicine world that we all belong in. And I appreciate him uh, spending the time talking to me. I kind of removed myself, obviously, from the conversation. And that's because uh, my questions are not nearly as important as his answers. And frankly, I got sick of uh, hearing the sound of my voice, if that's possible. And so I wanted to present Dr. Gala uh, in a stream of consciousness, if you will. And I'm, I'm glad I did that. Citizen 44 with Mark Ahrensberg is a listener-supported presentation. Uh, you'll find a donate button at citizen44.com. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you. I appreciate uh, you uh, listening to the show and uh, giving me a chance to communicate to you things that I think are important or at least interesting or entertaining. I dedicate this show to my cousin Donna Corwin Duncan, who passed a few days ago. She will be missed. She was a sweet, lovely woman, and I'm glad I got to see her uh, at the Hanukkah party in December. See you on the other side, cousin. Word to your mother's uncle. To find out more about Dr. Thaddeus Gala, just jump online and do a search for T-H-A-D-D-E-U-S-G-A-L-A, Dr. Thaddeus Gala. He's on tons of websites all over the interweb. This show is sponsored by Paris Green, a curated collection of incredible objects from around the world. Paris is always a good idea. 77 Oak Street, Ashland, Oregon. Visit them online at Facebook.
if whatever you're doing is not working, there's only one way you can change that, and that's to change what you do, 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 change what you do. I am Citizen 44. Oh, hello, Joseph. What's up? Uh, nothing, Jesus. What were you doing? You know, building crosses, same things, you know, wood stuff. Oh, it looked like something else was going on. What's behind that cloth? Nothing, Joseph. What can I do for you? Well, Jesus, uh, hmm, how do I put this? Hmm, there's a problem. Yes, there's lots of problems. What's this one? Well, this one's a little more, um... Delicate, shall we say. Speak up, Joseph. What's with the holding back? Just tell me what the problem is. Oh, well, Jesus, it's about uh, that bush. <coughs> what about the bush? start right now so you can see results tomorrow.